because the truth is your income is going to go up and down. I've had months where I've made 80,000 and I've had months where I'm like in the negative. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. Like that's entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Art of Kings podcast show, where our mission is to change the world through men's development. If you're interested in mastering self, building generational wealth, and creating an impactful legacy, then be sure to hit subscribe and join the strongest family on the face of the earth. Peace, family. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Kings podcast show. As always, I'm your host, Sian Stevens. Today, I'm joined with a very special guest, who I will announce momentarily. But first, guys, if you have not been tuning in for season three, we've been going crazy with episodes, content across social media. So be sure to follow the podcast, turn on the notifications so that you can be notified every time we release an episode. And be sure to follow us on social media platforms. We're at underscore Art of Kings, underscore across all social media platforms. We've been posting daily reels from podcast episodes. I wouldn't want you guys to miss any of them. So without further ado, my guest today, mindset and performance coach, Mo Abasi. Mo, how we doing, bro? Doing good, man. Excited to talk and see what we can do, you know, bring some value to the people. Yeah, absolutely. So like I was just saying before we actually started recording, I've been engaging with Mo's content for the last couple of months. And I was like, I got to get Mo on the podcast. And so... I'll, everything will be left in the description, of course, so you guys can check out Mo and some more of the stuff that he's doing over there. Everything is great. And so many of the things that you talk about and that you have done and that you continue to do reflect the values that we have over here at the Art of Kings, um, reflect the direction that we want our listeners to go in. Um, and in my personal journey as well, some of the things that I'm really interested in learning and so or learning about. And so really excited to have you on. I think we're going to make a really we're going to have a really valuable conversation for the listeners yeah thanks for having me on man yeah yeah for sure so let's get into this man so what we're going to be talking about is going from zero to a 50k month and you talk about that a lot in in your content you talk about all the things that go into that so we're going to talk about how the listeners can have their first 50k month so if you're listening to this right now and you're at zero dollars a month 1500 2000 whatever you're making monthly this will be dedicated to helping you reach your first 50k month and so on and so forth just growing from there and so we're going to be talking about it from a more holistic perspective as we do with most of the concepts that we tackle on this podcast platform so let's just get right into it man i want to start with what is less obvious when having a 50k month because a lot of people when they hear a 50k month they're like i have to create you know more income I have to, you know, maybe get a different job. Some people might be thinking I might have to do more in my company. I might have to work harder. I might have to grind harder. But there's so many different things that we don't really talk about a lot or you don't see a lot of content being created on when it comes to a 50K month. And so we know that there is transitions and there's transformations that have to be had that are planting the seeds to then grow a 50K month and so on and so forth. So what are those one of those transformative decisions that you have to make? What was one of the first decisions that you have to make mentally and say, okay, this is what I'm deciding to do. And that will lead to you starting to see growth in your income and really everything else in your life as well. 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think the easiest way, if you want to get to 50K, I mean, I've, I've had like 80K months doing this, is partnerships hmm. and collaborations. Uh, I don't think enough people talk about this because at the end of the day, like, yes, you can grow your own audience and you can hustle and do more of what's worked to get you to 10, 20, 30K a month to try to get to 50K a month. Um, but anytime I've had like really high months where whether it's 50K or 40K or 80K or 85K, it's been through partnerships. It's been through utilizing my network and seeing what we can do together to bring value to the world. And oftentimes, like if you have the skills and you have it's kind of like a, you know, uh preparation meets opportunity is luck kind of moment where you're prepared for it with the skills you have the opportunity with the network and then you get quote unquote lucky but really it's not it's not luck so for the first time that i had an 80k a month i'm i did forty thousand dollars within my own business mm -hmm. the other forty thousand dollars actually came from a joint venture launch that i did with someone who had an audience of I want to say around 65,000 subscribers, but very, very strong audience. Mm. And so it became really easy to hit 80K when you're utilizing someone else's audience mm. on top of yours. And so um, you just being able to find the gap of where you can bring value is where you're going to be able to hit those high months because I found the gap. I went to this person. I said, dude, you're not utilizing your audience correctly. He wasn't making that much money, even though he had 65,000 subscribers. Mm. said, let's do a joint venture. I'll take care of all the marketing. You take care of this. Mm. And we'll do this together. And mm. so I brought skills to the table that he wasn't utilizing. And we were able to do um, within that launch. In a week, we did 80,000. And I took half of that. So I took 40,000 from that. And then within my own business, I did 40,000 as well. Um so that was my that was my first 80k month. It really just came down to being prepared with the right skills and seeing the opportunity and capitalizing on it uh, to be able to fill that gap. Yeah, I love that. And so for all of the entrepreneurs, because we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening, very ambitious in the field of entrepreneurship, whether they're growing a company, a brand, whatever it is, I think this is such a valuable lesson to hear. And so I was talking with we had um, Kel Owen on the podcast was the CEO of Gym Launch. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Gym Launch. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, Hermosi's the company Hermosi founded. And so Kel Owen was on the podcast and he was talking about he was talking about when it comes to partnerships, a lot of people have a lot of people fail with partnerships because they're partnering with somebody who has the same skill set as them. So talk a little bit. We didn't go in depth about that, but it was just something that he said really briefly. And I was I, I've been meaning to circle back around to that topic. When you're talking about a partnership or you're talking about a collaboration or whatever it is that's going to bring in more income, more revenue for the month, what are you looking for in a partner? How do you scope out the right partner? What I'm looking for in a partner is that I can bring skills to the table that they don't have and they can bring assets to the table that I don't have. Mm. Most of the time, the assets is going to be their audience. They usually have a bigger audience than I do. They have more subscribers. They have a a bigger email list, whatever it may be. But I can see just based off of what they're doing that they're not doing things the right way. Sure. And so it took me a lot of years of learning marketing from the right mentors um, 
Uh, I'm good friends with Brandon Carter, and he was one of my mentors. So he really helped me out in terms of just learning marketing. I've learned from Jason Capital, Craig Ballantyne, um, Jason Maxwell, Mike Zeng, like a lot of these big seven, eight-figure dudes, Tanner Chester. Right. And so constantly investing in myself to learn the skills. And even though those skills necessarily, they brought in a lot of money, but they didn't necessarily bring in a lot of money when I was learning it back then. They, I was able to take those skills and apply it to an opportunity, which was like looking at all of these different brands and going, you're not utilizing this, this brand correctly. And I can come in and actually do a proper launch with you and I can do some big things with you and you just let me handle that and you just handle this part of the business, which is the content and all of this and we can go 50-50. And usually, you know, I've done a couple of product launches with some big brands and within the first week, they'll have the biggest launch they've ever had in years. Um, So... When utilizing partnerships, at least for myself, I, I look for someone with a bigger audience, someone who has assets, but they're just not utilizing the assets correctly. And so that's where I can bridge the gap with my skills to be able to, to utilize the assets. Because if I go to someone who's utilizing it well, yeah, I can't really bring anything to the table right. as much as I want to. Um, right. And so it. Same thing with like real estate, right? Like people who get into real estate. Now, I'm not a real estate guy, so maybe I'm talking out of my ass here. But I'm assuming when people buy real estate properties, they're looking for a property that's undervalued so that they can take it, they can fix it up, and then they can sell it at a higher value. If you go to a property that's already fixed up, that's already incredible, like there's no additions you can make, you're probably not going to make that much money off of it. So the same thing here is like, I'm trying to go into a partnership where I can come into it, fix it up similar to real estate, get it out the door, and then they get value. I get value through my skills and we do something cool for for people, give value to the world. And so uh, that's the most important thing of partnerships is each side has to be bringing something different. And usually one side is going to bring the assets and the other is going to bring the skills. Mm, I love it. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that as well. And I want to talk about I want to talk about the workload when we look at something like that, because when the way you're making it sound and correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's more of a switch in your thinking. It's more of a switch in saying, like, this is the direction that I want to go into. This is these are the opportunities that I'm looking for It's not sounding like let me keep, you know, just working harder in this, putting in more hours necessarily. So, and I know like Robert Kiyosaki talks about that a lot in like in his books. And when he's talking, he talks about like analyzing situations, using financial intelligence, using your own intelligence, different things like that to then produce the most income or the greatest opportunity out of of a situation. It doesn't necessarily require, you know, more time spent, more hours spent, but- So I want to talk a little bit about that. Was there a change in your workload when you had your first, we can say 80K month, 50K month, your first big month where you're like, shit, this is like, there's something, there's something here with what I'm doing. What was the main switch or adjustment that you made? Um, The workload was less, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like... um the amount of work you do does not necessarily mean you make more money. Right. 
And uh, to give you an example, I actually was working uh, as a collaborator on an e-com business. And they initially brought me in as a consultant. And then over some time, I was like, dude, I'm basically like an employee at this point, the, the amount of work that I'm doing. And I'm not even like getting much out of it. Um, so I was doing more work for less because I wasn't getting um, usually when I do a joint venture, it's like 50 50. We make, you know, you get 50% of profits in the first week. I get 50% of profits. Right. So I was, I was hardly getting profits. I was just getting consulting fees. Um, so to me, it was just like, I'm doing more work for less. So I've often seen that the more work that you do, the less you generally get, which is, it kind of goes against the, the, typical advice which is like work hard hustle hard like you'll make more money mm. most people that i know who've made a lot of money have just made the right moves like they were prepared for it they built the skills that's where most of their work went into is like actually building the skills learning becoming the person that was ready for the opportunity and then when the opportunity presented itself they were able to actually capitalize on it and mm. Like I've, I've seen people, I have friends of mine who like went from making 70,000 a year and then an opportunity came by. So one of my friends, like Mike Zhang, um, I think he was doing about five, six K a month with his online business and he was working hard. He was grinding and an opportunity came by for him to join a a mastermind called the hundred million dollar mastermind with Joel Marion. And I I won't get into yeah, no, I think I know Mike Zhang. Like you, the name sound familiar, and I'm like Mike Zhang. I I, I know I, I think I know who that is. Yeah, yeah, not the not the six pack short shortcuts guy. <laughs> That's another Mike Zhang. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a guy six pack shortcuts. I think his name is Mike Zhang too. Yeah. But uh, he he owns a supplement company. He's also in the health industry, and he joined that mastermind under the pretense of like. Hey, I'm prepared. I I have copywriting skills. I can write a VSL. But if I'm joining this, you push my offer to your list. And he had a list of like, I think, 10 million plus people. So he had the skills that he had worked really hard on to build. And then the opportunity came for him to have that connection. And I don't want to say instantly, but within a a few months, he had a business that was doing multi, multi multi-million dollars Uh. per year. I think their business does six, seven million a year now. Wow. Yeah. And that didn't necessarily come through just constant hustle. It came through his skills, which he was prepared for when the opportunity came for him to actually capitalize on. Right. Um, So I think the most important thing is being able to have that eye of seeing opportunities can come Mm -hmm. because the truth is your income is going to go up and down. I've had months where I've made 80,000 and I've had months where I'm like in the negative. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. Like that's entrepreneurship and you know, it's, it's really hard and you're going to have to be able to have that opportunistic eye to be able to utilize your skills. It's like hunting, you know, when you see the animal, you go for it. And if Mm -hmm. you have the skills to be able to catch it, you're going to catch a big fish, you know? So um, I think that's the most important aspect of, of getting to those months consistently and having that switch in your mind. Yeah. So I want to talk about two of the different things that you kind of broke down, which is the skills, building the skills and then being able to scope out the opportunity. And so when it comes to building the skills, like we'll start with that because that's what has to come first. When it 
comes to building the skills, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what it takes to build skills because people a lot of the times or oftentimes they'll say like, I don't know, like I don't have the skills to do something like that. They're not really thinking about the fact that skills are so acquirable. Like you can just, if you don't have a skill, you can acquire the skill. But, you know, that takes a certain mindset in itself to be like, okay, let me acquire this. It takes a certain mindset to be like, let me build the skills. It takes a certain mindset to do the work necessary to build the skills. So let's just talk about that. Let's talk about skill building. It normally, and I'll just throw this in for me personally, it comes in a, in a, in a period of your life where you're pretty, I'd say isolated to a certain extent, you're pretty distant from the life that you've previously lived. Normally that that's where for me, at least there's like a big shift, like, okay, now I'm really just focusing on leveling up, developing myself so that when those opportunities do arise, I'm prepared. But normally that, that happens in a period of like, it's all, I'm all in on myself right now. I'm just investing in myself. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about your experience with that um, from, from your personal experience and your experience talking to other people. Like, what does that period look like? What does that period require? And what recommendations would you give to anybody who wants to start going down that journey? Yeah, I think just being more open. Uh, I see a lot of people who try to push. And, and this is like a very spiritual perspective for me. Uh, people try to push a certain route for themselves and it's just not working not working not working it's like well just be open to what the universe can potentially provide for you and just be open to learning for me personally like at, at the time when i was learning all of these skills i was driving uber and i was like just to pay the bills and at at that time i was taking any extra money i had and i was investing it into courses into books into mentors and at the time i didn't really have a have a strategic plan. I just had a route that I wanted to take. It was like, I want to start a dating business. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know if I read books on sales, if I read books on marketing, if I read books on copywriting, like these are some skills that I'm going to need to have. Mm -hmm. And so I did anything I could to just learn from people who are, who were above me and read books and go through courses that would help me do this. And, um, it took a while, but at some point when I was working with like Brandon Carter, within a week of working with him, I made $30,000 and I got completely rid of my debt. Uh, like debt free. From working with a, this was just from working with a coach or mentor. This was, yeah, this was working with Brandon Carter specifically. I had, I had coaches and mentors before that who didn't really help that much. Um, so picking the right mentor is all uh, also key is making sure that you know, they're doing it right now and they've done it at a high success rate for other people and a lot of people and they are successful themselves. So that's, that's a really important one, picking a mentor. Um, but yeah, like just, just constantly learning different skills and being open to, um, what the universe may throw at you yeah. and then just seeing what you personally like, like yeah. if I don't like something, if I'm waking up every day and I'm like, having to force myself to fucking do something yeah. the universe probably doesn't want me to do that right. god probably doesn't want me to do that right yeah that's a fact and here we talk a lot about we, we we go deep into the spirituality of things as well and so we talk about a lot of that uh over here as well but i just want to take a quick 
I want to quick take a quick detour really quickly because personally, I love reading. I read every single night. So if you could give top your top three, one two to three recommendations of some books that are like must reads, especially especially in this space right here. We're talking about sales, marketing, things that help you get to where you're at. What are some, what are like two to three books that, that really helped you to get to where you were at? Um, the first book, I always say this is A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Um, that's one that's, of my books. That, that's a book where I read that at a time in my life where I was extremely depressed and suicidal. Mm. And that book blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Got me out of my depression and suicidal thoughts. I remember just like sitting there and uh, reading a few pages and just like crying as I was reading it because yeah. it was just so mind blowing to to my ego. Yeah. Did you did you jump straight into a new earth or did you did you do yeah. the job now first? No, I jumped straight into the new earth. And so uh -huh. this is what I always say is actually read the new uh, a new earth first before the power of now. Really. Most people say the other way around because they say power of now is a precursor. I think that if you read a new earth first, then you read the power of now, it's actually more powerful. Mm -hmm. um, because the power of now, I think, in my opinion, goes a little bit deeper into the micro, which is how to be present. Mm -hmm. And a new earth is more general about the ego, about yeah. pain body, about all of these things, bigger concepts. Yeah. So it changes your frame of mind and then it teaches you how to actually do it. And so I, I tell people to read it the other way around, read a new earth first and then read the power of now. So those are the top two books. Yeah. Um, and when you read the power of now, I suggest you read the audiobook. book. Uh, don't read the physical copy, read a new earth's physical copy, but read the power of now's audiobook because the way that he reads the power of now and you'll, if you read the audiobook of A New Earth, you'll see the difference. Like the power of now, he's a lot more present. And mm -hmm. as he's reading it, he will put you in a very present state. Like mm -hmm. you'll be listening to him just feeling just fucking as calm as you've ever been. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like uh, you feel the practice as you're just listening to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's, bro, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's... I... I those two books are are my top two recommendations. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of good books. Third yeah. book. Yeah. I was gonna say we could keep it at that because those are those are like some of my favorite books of all time. Like honestly. Yeah. And it's interesting that you that you would attribute. Like I I can't even like words can't even express. Like I I love that so like bro like so for me personally I'll give like my story with that like. When I read the power, because I read the power of now first and then I read a new earth. But when I read the power of now for the first time, it was when I was graduating high school and I was in I was in like a uh, like a, a very big transitional phase where I was like really alone in my personal development and in my like just aspirations and stuff. Like I grew up in the South Bronx, uh, was there like my whole life. And so like just the people who I grew up with, who I was around and everything just weren't seeing the things that like I wanted to see. And so for my whole life and especially kind of even at that within that year, it was like super 
like just I got to go all in on myself and all in on the visions and the aspirations that I've had my whole life that I feels like so passionate about. And so because of that, like I I distanced myself like like crazy. Like I didn't speak to anybody for like over a year. Like it was a very long time where I was just like to myself and I didn't know what I was I didn't know what I was doing, but I just knew that this was like something was like calling me, you know what I'm saying? And then I was introduced to the power of now, I, I think on a, on a, on a podcast or a, or a video or something like it just popped up and somebody was like the power of now. And I was like, person who recommended it was like super like chill and super like, I knew he was at a level that I was like, I'm trying to get to that. Like, I'm trying to get to that level of just like calm of, of peace. And he was like power of now. And I was like, okay, let me check this out. And so when I read the power of now, it just everything that like I've, I've, felt internally my whole life just like I was able to put words to it like and I was like this is that this is the pain body this is the ego that I've been struggling with like this is what I've been feeling my entire life and so the power of now is absolutely incredible and I think that we can actually use that and then a new earth as well right because I read the I read a new earth after so it was like I was already kind of used to um Eckhart Tolle's like dialogue and like the concepts mm. and stuff like that so when i was reading the power of now it was a little bit more transformative and then a new earth was like this is just like kind of the, just the cherry on top like this is incredible but i want to use that to kind of segue into the next jumping back to what we were talking about before when we we're talking about building skills and now seeing opportunity right for me books like a power, uh, the power of now a new earth stuff like that helps so much in the field of entrepreneurship in the field of anything that involves like your own personal drive, your own personal clarity of path, clarity of vision, whatever it is, especially for things like seeing opportunity, right? Because seeing opportunity and seeing different things like that from my experience, I just recorded a content piece on this recently, requires such a degree of presence. Doing anything that is creative, doing anything that is going to add value, doing anything that is going to build something that is, as I say, like larger than life takes such a degree of presence. So kind of to build on that, I want to ask you, like, what has your experience been when we talk about, when we talk about presence, when we talk about the degree of presence necessary to see opportunity, how is that for you? And, and if it's not presence, what do you attribute the most to being able to scope out opportunity and seeing what is going to be the best next venture for you? Yeah, I think uh, internal alignment mm. is, to me, internal alignment is presence of like just being able to, because I've made a lot of decisions from a place of like, you know, if I don't do this, you know, what could possibly happen? Like fear almost, mm. consequence or... Uh, how you're going to look to other people or, or or your friends or like random shit. Like, how am I going to look to people that I haven't seen in years? Right. And those are ego-based decisions. Those are from a place of non-presence. Those are from a place of um, scarcity and fear and non-creativity. And, and any time I've followed a decision like that, it's never worked. Mm-hmm. ever it's like the universe tells me this is this is not the path this is not the route mm-hmm. um 
So yeah, I just I just know for myself, like internal alignment is the most important aspect of this. And the way that you internally get aligned to what you need to do is to actually sit, breathe, meditate, and go, if if there was no fear behind anything that I'm doing, if there was no chance of failure, if nothing, uh, if there was no pain or consequence, what would I actually want to do? Mm, I love it. And you usually you're going to find the answer because oftentimes we're making decisions from a place of like, well, what if I can't pay my bills? And what if this person thinks of me this way? Like I used to make decisions off of just my friend group, entrepreneur friend group going, well, how will they see me if I do this? It's mm. like, that's fucking silly. They probably don't even care, you know, like just do what is right for you. And internal alignment is extremely important when it comes to being present. Mm. Um, but also equanimity, uh, being able to view everything, every situation from the perspective of this is not neither good or this is neither bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and um, if you really think about it, like a lot of our our mental pain and struggle comes from either future pacing or thinking about the past. But if you think about right now, in this very moment, what is wrong with this moment? There usually is never anything wrong with the moment. Right. Yeah. I love Ever. Yeah. Ever. Like if you sit down and go, what is wrong with this very moment right now? Not not my thoughts, but right now in this very moment, as I sit here, there's yeah. usually never anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's such an incredible realization and uh, just understanding because, you know, that, that understanding happens just, just, it doesn't take time for some, for you to realize something like that. Right. And obviously if you read the power of now and stuff, you, you learn that, you know, time is an illusion and different things like that. So when we talk about that understanding and even as we, as we switch it back to building like a 50 K month, 80 K month or whatever, like it's very similar in the sense that you didn't necessarily have to do anything that you couldn't have done, you know, maybe the month before. It's more of just like a realization and a decision to be like, okay, like now let me do a collaboration. Now let me add skills to this. Like it's a very in the moment thing. And obviously action can only happen in this present moment that we're in. And so one of the things that I really just, uh, I love so much about everything that you're saying and about this whole this whole conversation in general is that how close the spirituality aspect is related to the entrepreneurial mindset and the entrepreneurial ambition. Like, cause for me, they're so closely connected and that is something that I've been, you know, working to articulate for a long time. Like even when I talk about how business for me is like my creative expression, which is why it, I call it an art and which is kind of why that segued over to this podcast mm. uh, title called the art of Kings. Right. Because it all comes from that like spiritual creative expression of like impact change, different things that I want to see in the world, things that I want to see less of in the world, things that I want to see more of. Um, and so it always comes from that place. So to hear somebody like yourself, who is, you know, has seen those 80K months, who has been around 
those people and who has been around, you know, so much in the space to hear that you are still keeping something like that so close is very reassuring to hear um, and very, very impactful. So I want to I want to do I want to talk on one more thing really quickly before we close out. And I want to talk on your experience with other, you know, multi-million dollar CEOs, entrepreneurs, most successful of the people that you have been, you know, able to to talk with, collaborate with, and and so on and so forth. Like I want to know what are some of the key things that you see them do that you see most people they just don't do some of the ways that they're thinking that most people just aren't thinking some of their habits, some of their routines, you can go from morning routine, night routine, like whatever it is, some of the top things that they do that most people don't do. And what are those things? Let's identify them and share them with the audience so that they can maybe begin to implement some of them in their own life. Yeah. People aren't going to like this one, but from working directly with a lot of people who make money. Yeah. Um, they're very dumb. And, <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, other than the fact that they have low intelligence levels, they just dumb things down. And mm. that's why it works. Mm. Like they don't overcomplicate it. And I'm a kind of person who does overcomplicate things because I consider myself to be pretty high IQ and intelligent. And I have to remind myself all the time of like, be dumber. Like, mm. just be dumber. Like, with your morning routine, be dumber. Mm. With your tasks, be dumber. With your day-to-day -day calendar, be dumber. How can you make this dumber? Mm. Like, imagine if your IQ was, like, someone who's 90 and is like, all right, let's just do it. Like, that's how they think. They're just spur of the moment. Just fucking go and do it. Get it done. Let's see how, if it works out or not. Yeah. And so that's what I've noticed is, like, a, a and even with the e-com business that I was a part of um, doing about $4 million a year, like the owner of the business was very dumb. Like, okay. and I don't mean offense to that. Right. It's actually a good thing. It's right. like, it's such a good thing. Cause he would just wake up and go, ah, I don't want to do that. Let's do this. And it's just mm. spur of the moment. Mm. Um, and so, I realize, like when they're able to do that, when they dumb things down, everything becomes a much more creative process, uh. analytical, logical process. And sometimes you need an analytical and logical, but it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay not to have everything in alignment. No. Just do what comes in the present moment, which is a creative process. Mm. Um, as far as their calendars go. Like, again, dumb down. Here's what I do. Here's what I, it's like big blocks. It's not like a bunch of different tasks. It's like one block, second block, third block. Right. And um, one thing that I've learned is the 888. So eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, and then eight hours for life. And within that eight hours for life, you can do whatever you want. So right. it, it consists of body, relationships, and personal happiness. So you can do two hours, two hours, two hours, or uh, no, sorry, it would be 2.3 hours of each of those things. And so you can break it out, that down however you want, but it's eight hours sleep, eight hours work, eight hours life. Yeah. Um, and as far as like uh, just seeing how they move, seeing what they do, they do have a healthy amount of ego in the sense that 
they do think in a way that their own shit stinks yeah or stinks good at least yeah so uh there is a healthy amount of ego that they really just love their own product they really just love their own thing and and that creates a level of certainty that brings creative expression that other people don't have Mm, right um so those are kind of the the major things that i've seen is like they just dumb things down. They do things in the spur of, of the moment decisions so that it's more creative. And they they think that their shit stinks good. And yeah. oftentimes that actually works out in their favor. Yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely. So, Mo, I appreciate you, my brother. Uh, what I want to do right now is if you could leave some of the places that the audience can find you, connect with you, interact with your content, so on and so forth, share it uh, here. And then I'll also take it out, put it in the description as well. Yeah, I think just putting it in the description is fine if people want to see more of my stuff. What I would say that would be more helpful is probably go over this podcast episode a second time. That's okay. going to be my my pitch at the end is you don't even have to follow me. Just listen to this a second time because mm-hmm. um, a lot of what I shared today is very nuanced and I, and I don't think... Not to like sound, you know, oh, it's very nuanced, but I don't think it's something that can you can logically put down on paper and learn. So sometimes you need to listen to things a second time, even with books, books that I really love, like Power of Now, man. I I try to listen to it every single quarter Mm. because it just brings a new every time I listen to the Power of Now, for example, or I listen to something that that I think is extremely helpful for my life. Yeah. The same sentence can have two, three, four, five different meanings. And every single time that I listen to it, I'm like, oh, shit, I just had a new epiphany, but off the same sentence. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say listen to this a second time, because if you had any epiphanies listening to this the first time, if you listen to it the second time, something else is going to hit different and you're going to get more out of this podcast episode. Mm, I love that, bro. So you guys heard him definitely, you know, play it back. I have to I have to revisit the power of now and a new earth because I've only read both one time. And so they're both some of my favorite books, those along with like the Alchemist and other books like that. Those are my favorite books, some of my favorite books of all time. And I've really only ever read them one time. And so it's been on my it's been on my radar. It's been on my mind to like revisit. But now after this conversation, I'm like, as soon as I finish the book that I'm on right now, I'm going to go back and I'm going to probably revisit some of those. Bro, the audiobook. Listen to the audio. I've never done the audiobook. I got to do the audiobook. I, I have the audiobook I, is fire. Bro, <laughs> I, bro, I already know. Like somebody was telling me the first time I heard Eckert, uh, the first time I heard his voice, bro, was on was on freaking uh, Kendrick Lamar. He sampled him on his album, bro. And I, <laughs> that was the first time I was like, this is how he sounds, bro. He sounds like incredible like he sounds exactly yeah. his freaking book like this is the voice i had in my mind so i'm like yeah, yeah definitely got to tune in I, and the fact that he's doing his because not everybody narrates their own book but the fact that he's the one who's doing it like i got it i got to tune in bro yeah it, it's it's interesting because like um uh, i i wouldn't suggest you to listen to the audiobook while you're just like laying down or something because you can fall asleep because he's so like calm yeah. So I, I tend to like drive and listen because then that way I'm attentive, but okay. it just puts you in, you get out of the car and it feels like you're a different person because yeah. of how present he is and he changes your energy levels. It's it's very interesting. 
Mm, I love it. Yeah. So guys, I'm gonna leave all of that stuff. I'm gonna leave links to the books and uh, to the audio books as well in the podcast, along with some of the places where you can find Mo. Um, and so guys, be sure to check out the description when you uh, finish this podcast. But Mo, bro, it's been an incredible, incredible episode, man. Again, thanks so much for doing this podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to do something again. See the audience can see you one more time uh, sometime in the future, man. Of course, man. Are you, you're in New York, right? Yep, I'm in New York. Yeah. Okay. I, I might come out there. We'll do something in person. I, I have a buddy of mine out there. So I've yeah. been meaning to go back at some point. Yeah. So when you do, man, we'll hit the studio because I'm not in the studio right now. When I have remote, remote recordings, I just do it from my basement. But we got the whole brand new studio, very modern. We can make a lot of uh, high quality content in there. So it'd be super great experience. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad I could help and appreciate you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, that concludes another episode of the podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace, family. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. The Art of Kings team is constantly working to create the best episodes and content for you guys so that we can further our mission and impact as many of our brothers as possible. However, we cannot do this alone. So we ask three things of the amazing community that will help us slowly but surely change the world. Firstly, we ask that you engage with the content. Our official Instagram is at underscore art of Kings underscore. Be sure to comment your thoughts on topics, share posts you find insightful, and of course, stay up to date on all of the latest news. Next, we ask that you share this podcast directly with one person that you feel could upgrade their life by joining our family. This is the most effective way to help build our community and give value to somebody you care for. Finally, we ask that you take action. Actually apply something that you heard on the podcast to your life today. The execution of knowledge is power, and we love to see the community win big. With all that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Party, party.